0: You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so, I had the blessing and honor to go last after all of the wonderful sermons. I think it was Pastor Ray I looked at the other day and I said, I really would have rather gone first <laughs> because I know that these were powerful women of the Lord and God just uses them and speaks to them. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to say that they haven't already said, right? So, um, so today I come, um, not with candy. Sorry. Uh, I don't come with a really cool PowerPoint presentation or graphic, you know. Um, and I don't have, uh, a really cool mob, flash mob for you <laughs> or a eloquently put worship, uh, song on a beautiful country chic, uh, you know, a... Uh, Sign like Amber, but I do have a whiteboard, (laughs) so that's exciting, isn't it? It's so exciting. A whiteboard, yes. So, you all are excited that I have a whiteboard. Okay, I lied, maybe that is a little too low. I got it, yeah. Thank you. It's all good. Thank you so much. I already did it. Did, done, done. Thank you so much. Well, I didn't do anything. But... <laughs> moral support. Moral, moral support. support. All right. So I have a whiteboard, and I have a handy-dandy and Lumber. Yeah. Give it up for and Lumber. Woo-hoo! I'll be advertising for them all day. <laughs> 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 all right. So truly, I struggled I prayed for the weeks that we learned about it and I was like dad why did you schedule me on palm sunday like that's a kind of a bigger day for the worship team and oh, okay but god knows what he's doing and um and so I um just kind of prayed and I don't know that I have anything truly revelatory to share with you today or anything that maybe you haven't already heard but I'm just going to deliver what God led me in the direction to deliver. And maybe today is just a reminder for us. I think sometimes we all just need a reminder. Um, we know things, but sometimes we're reminded that we know them. Um, so today, um, we have been, the last four weeks, we've been talking about, anybody know? Yeah. What's not this scripture, but what have we been talking about? What's the topic? Oh, look, I have one. But woohoo! Give it up. Give it up. All right, so faithful and committed. Now, if you're like me when I, I don't know, I like to know what things mean. Like, yes, we all heard the words faithful. We all hear the words committed. I always like to dig in and just see. I always like to look up the actual definition. So I'm going to share with you that knowledge today. Um, so when I looked up faithful, it means remaining loyal and steadfast, firm in adherence to promises. And committed means loyal wholeheartedly dedicated. So I'm going to have you guys turn, if you can, if you have your devices or your Bibles with you today, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. And this has our, been our theme scripture all along. So I'm going to go ahead and read that um, for you um, or to you. All right. So it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, a.k.a. faithful, immovable, committed, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile, nor is it wasted. It is never without purpose." So that is a mouthful in itself, but it's never without purpose. So we've had some amazing lessons over the last uh, four weeks about being faithful and committed. And um, so we're going to take a book, a page from the book of Foy, all right? And we are going to use the five W's and the one H to see if we understand what we've been taught. So, who, first of all, can tell me what are the five W's and the one H? And I'm sorry, I'm right-handed and this, I don't know. You'll have to see it after I write it. I... Who, what, when, where, why, and how? Oh, who, what, where, when, why, and how? Look at that. I have no candy, but give yourself a great big round of applause. Woo! All right. So if you we were paying attention over the last four weeks, you can use notes. It's an open note quiz, OK? So if you have notes, you can get those out. All right. But if you were paying attention or taking notes, um, then you should be able to help me answer some of these questions today, OK? All right? Look at your neighbor and say, can I look at your notes? <laughs> can I look at your notes? OK. So we're going to start with what? All right, we're going to start with what? What have we been talking about? Yay, you're so good. For abbreviation, this is my abbreviation. That means faithful and committed, Okay. All right, so the next thing I'm going to ask you is what does it mean to be faithful and committed? If you think about some of the things we've learned over the last four weeks, what does it mean? Anybody have anything? Welcome to my Sunday school classes. They're, they're interactive. <laughs> 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 unmoving. OK, so we have unmoving. Yes. Steadfast, which is similar. So we're going to immovable. I'm going to put steadfast, immovable. Who else? Except for the class pet in the back, who knows all the answers. We'll come back to you if you—if no one else can. Anybody else? It's okay to shout it out. It's okay. I give you permission to talk. Anybody know? The question is, what does it mean to be faithful and committed? A made-up mind, mind. determination. Good. Unshakable. Unshakable, immovable. Yes. Good. Consistent. That's good. Perseverance, hopefully I can spell. All right, this is why I'm not a teacher. I don't write neatly on the board. (laughs) All right, anybody else have anything else? Huh? Dedicated. Dedicated, committed, yes. Good. Anybody else? Anything else that you were thinking about? Did you have one? (laughs) <laughs> Lila's like, don't pick on me, don't pick on me. All right. <laughs> so these are some of them. Yeah. So all of what you said were good answers. And we're going to just kind of just remind ourselves about some of the things that we were taught. Um, what does it mean? So when Vicki, hers was a lot about perseverance, being willing to go the whole journey. She said, that was one of the things she said, is that the walk of God, the walk we have with the Lord is a journey. And so we have to be willing to go the whole journey. So we have to have perseverance. All right. We have to be willing to go the whole journey. And even if, you know, life does what life does and throws things that are sometimes feel like more than we can bear, we need to remember that we have someone to run to. Just what we were talking today. This is how I fight my battles. We can go into his presence. And we can't give up. We have to have perseverance, even when it feels like we can't go another step. Sometimes we don't need to go another step. We just need to stand right? But we can't give up. We can't give up. And so, and and she reminded us that our faithfulness, learning how to be faithful is not something that comes out of ourselves. It's something that we learn because God is faithful. And so we've seen his faithfulness over and over and over again. Like that's one of the things that God has taught me over my years. If I could say one, if I had pick one characteristic of who he is, that is the one that just always just brings me to worship. Because he is faithful, like the sunrise, you know just you know, even sometimes you can't see the sun. you know it has risen. And so that is who God is, and because of His faithfulness, then I have learned what faithfulness is, and so I can reciprocate that, excuse me, and be faithful as well. So we can be faithful because He is faithful. So we were reminded perseverance., Whew, all right? And then this is one that you guys didn't get. Real trust. All right, real trust. Amber reminded us what real trust is—not just lip service. The Lord, I trust you. We're good at that, aren't we? Especially in this culture, I think in America, we're just good at lip service a lot of time. Like we say the things, we know the things, but sometimes we don't know the things, you know. So she reminded us that we had to have real trust, real trust, and she asked us the question: Do you really? Trust God. You know, what does trust look like? What does real trust look like? It's when all of those storms and things are around and we don't look at that. We're not moved by that. Uh, We have joy in it. You know, we don't go to this place of depression and desperation and anxiety because we know whose we are and who we belong to and who has us and we really trust them. And we trust him. Um, And I know trust is such a tricky thing these days. There's been so many broken trusts. We've all experienced that. I I think if you looked at each one of us, and I went around the room and said, have you had trust broken in your life? And you could very easily say yes. And probably for some of us, it's been more than once. It's been multiple times. Some of us maybe more than we could count. So it's hard to understand what that tree, real trust is, but it's, it's truly a letting go. Um, and when serious, you know, we talk about, oh, when the storms of life come. We have a lot of Christian cliches. But truly, we do face, some of us p- face serious battles. Maybe you're facing serious battles today. Um, and they are serious. Some of them are serious. And sometimes we do not know the answers, but we don't have to know the answers. We just need to know Christian cliche the one who does know the answers, right? And so we have to be willing to trust God's love for us, that he loves us enough to fight our battles, to take care of the storm. Um, So we have to be able to stand on his promises and not forget his love. Um, And when we're in that storm, that's when the enemy tries, she reminded us, that's when the enemy's lies try to whisper into our ear, right? And so the enemy's just trying to push us out of alignment, But we have to remember that if we have this type of trust, that true trust, that we're not even going to pay one moment of credence to that whisper because we know the Lord's voice and we know that is not it. And we know what God would say. And so we need to have that trust without borders, which is what her song was all about, trust without borders. Because she reminded us the only time that we can walk on water and have that victory is when we are... Completely fix on Jesus Christ and step into the storm and not stay in the boat. All right, so that was real trust. We learned about real trust. Sarah reminded us, woo, preach, baby, uh, about is immovable. But I'm going to just go along with that to be firmly established. All right, firmly established. Oh, I'm going over the where, but that's okay. All right. You guys remember that? Remember, what was the, who can shout out? Roots. Roots. Yes. Strong roots. All right. And when we have the strong roots, we can have the real trust, right? It all kind of goes hand in hand. But sometimes we don't place, I feel like sometimes we don't place, when she was talking about roots, I think, you know, like, you don't see the roots. And so sometimes we place importance on the things that everyone can see. Like, oh, I'm looking good while I worship today. Oh, yeah. You know, like, whoo, everybody knows that I love Jesus, you know. And so we, like, put ourselves and we kind of find importance on those things. But when the things that we can't see, like when we're all by ourselves, you know, those are kind of where our roots are. Because the thoughts that are in our mind, where what our heart truly feels, that's the roots, you know. and And we sometimes put importance on the beautiful tree and forget about the roots. I mean, how many of you, when you go, look at the beautiful trees in the woods. Like I love looking at nature. And I go look at, oh, wow, that's such a beautiful tree, all the blossoms in the spring. How many of you like, look at that and go, oh, I wonder what the roots look like? I mean, nobody. I don't know. If you do, maybe you're just an odd duck. But I don't think about the roots, OK? I just look at the beautiful tree. Um, but Sarah reminded us that we can't take those things for granted. We can't take our roots for granted. We need, because our roots matter, great, but we need to dig let our roots dig deep, right? And we can't have roots that are shallow and weak. Um, And we need to actively, she said, actively be strengthening our roots. So we're not carried away by the first big gush of wind that comes. You know, I was like, oh, that's a beautiful tree. <laughs> there it goes. You know, like, it reminds me of Godspell. For those of you who came to watch Godspell, like, and it grew up. Ah, and then it withered. Ah, you know, like, I mean, it was just the winner, loser. All right. Um If you went to Godspell, you get that. But anyway, um, so the the seed parable. But, you know, we just, we have to have, we have to pay attention to our roots. And so we have to be firmly established, right? So that was the next one. And then Charlotte came and I have two sections for Charlotte. <laughs> um, but does anyone remember Charlotte? One of the things she said was that about being steadfast. She had um, some beautiful truths to share with us that uh, last week. And she said, we need to be steadfast. And how do we do that? By finding our identity in the Holy Spirit. We need to know what our identity is in order to be steadfast. Um, and that only comes, she said, when we're completely open before the Lord. And so when we truly partner with Jesus and allow him to drive, she said, we can receive that gift of hope. Um, and how do we get to be steadfast? If we have hope, if we know who Jesus is, then that brings joy. And I think that's a key that a lot of us are missing because we are in a crazy world. How many of you will admit that? We're in a crazy world, right? And um, and so even in our own lives, if we're like, Lord, you have the world in your hands, it's fine. You know, there's still that pressure everywhere you go. You know, you you, you can't, I mean, you can be not of the world, but you're still in it, right? So you still feel that. But sometimes we have battles that we're struggling with ourselves, whether it's family related or personal or whatever it might be. And so sometimes as Christians, we forget to count it all joy. You know, we forget that joy piece. And For those of you who were uncomfortable in worship this morning at the very beginning, I apologize. But joy is something that needs to be rebirthed in the church. And that's why I had you get out and do a little dance. All right? Because you might think, oh, that's dumb and lame and I don't need to do that. And that is not how I worship. Well, I'm sorry that's not how you worship. Because God is joy and joy is our strength. And so when we can rejoice in him, then he'll add that strength we need to face the battle that's making us all, I don't want to dance, you know. You know, so I I really feel that joy is missing in the church at large. And we're afraid of it. I don't know why. I I don't, it seems, it feels like we're kind of like afraid of joy. And I'm not sure why we're afraid of joy. But I just want to encourage you, when she gave that sort of one leads to the other, one leads to the other, um, that just really stuck out to me. Like, We have to have joy. Then how do we have joy? Because we know Christ, and so we have that gift of hope that's been released to us because we know our identity. That knowing who we are brings joy. Like, even in the midst of chaos world, chaos home, chaos relationship, it still brings joy because I know my identity. And then joy leads to strength. Right? So that joy gives me strength. It brings steadfast strength, is what Charlotte told us. It brings steadfast strength because I know who I am and I can rejoice in Him and trust Him. No matter what, I can be steadfast. And, (coughs) excuse me. And, um, I, and I, I could just know who I am and be steadfast. I, I have no, you know, um, questions or doubt that this is who I am and this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what God is calling me to do and to move forward. And so, and I love that too, that she had said, this from this place that I just described, from this place is where we truly uh, step out into real ministry. True ministry comes from this place. And that's when we can start to shift environment and bring the culture of heaven here and release it in the earth. But we have to know who we are. And so I had kind of toyed back and forth with this because um, she had mentioned something and brought up something that God had shared with me a while back as well. And actually, it's funny because Michael hit on it very briefly this morning too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it, when we are, what the question we're answering is, what is faithful and committed? Well, faithful and committed is also shifting our realities. When we come to all of the understanding of all those things I just said, I'm just gonna put that up here. Shifting our realities. All right. Um, This is just when we come to all of that, when we, we all of these things. Then we come to an understanding that the things around us that we see, touch, feel, smell, those are real. But they're not the true reality of a spirit-filled Christian. They're, they're a, a second reality, which I like what Charlotte called it, a domain. It is we live in this domain. But the real domain that we should be living in is the supernatural realm. And the kingdom of God, and that is our, as spirit-filled believers, that is our true reality. This is here, and we have to move through the supernatural in this realm. But where our minds should go, where our decisions should come from, where our thoughts should reside and abide is in the realm of the supernatural, which is just the kingdom of God, right? And so I know that sounds like ooh, you know, but it's it's a deeper level of being faithful and committed. This is when we can get into the deep stuff. This is actually, this truly is our identity, and this truly is where God wants us to be and to reside, right? <laughs> so when we recognize this truth that this is his kingdom is where we truly need to reside. Um, and that's when, as she said, our automatic reactions. To just everyday circumstances, that's where they come out of. That's where they should come out of, not from this domain, right? And so I just I want to, I just want to uh, read um, what the Lord also shared with me because it kind of is very short, but it was like back in July of like last year or whatever, um, and I was meditating on Second Peter 1.3, All right, and that just says, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely, everyone say absolutely, absolutely everything that is necessary for a dynamic spiritual life. I'm just going to read that again. I sound like pastor. I'm going to read that again, just so we all get it, okay? For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything that is necessary for a dynamic spiritual life. And then it goes on to say, through a true and personal knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. So that's just a really full, (laughs) a full scripture. So it comes by a true and personal knowledge of him but he has bestowed everything. So when I was meditating on that, I just, this is kind of what I read and what came to me And um, uh, back in July, and it just kind of goes hand in hand when Charlotte was talking about that last week. I'm like, oh, snap, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> but this is what God gave me. I know we are human and are subject to human error, but I feel that the word here in Second Peter is trying to tell us that there is a deeper level that we can live in that we can live in the supernatural, a place that goes beyond the natural. And as we allow Christ's divine power to be awakened in us, then we can truly live beyond the dictates of the natural. We are not confined to, by what we see here, what words are spoken over us in the natural. We are not confined by that. That is not our boundary. The word of God is our boundary. The supernatural is our boundary. The divine power that he's bestowed on us to give us an absolute everything, dynamic spiritual life. That is our boundary. Yeah. What we cannot see, what we cannot imagine, what we cannot hope for. That is our boundary. Not the earth's boundary, not the natural boundaries. We can live and we are, allow his power, Christ's power, his divine power to be awakened at us, truly awakened. We can live beyond the dictates of the natural. We do not have to be governed by the natural human instinct. You know, like, oh, well, that's just what I do. That's who I am. No, that's not who you are. What's your identity? Where is your identity? You do not have to be governed by the natural human instinct or the weakness of human emotion, logic, common sense, or natural behavior. We can operate consistency, excuse me, consistently in a place that is beyond all of our human confines. That is where we can operate and live. There is a deeper place that we can go to and a deeper place we can live from. And so when she said that, I was like, yes, that's exactly what God was speaking with me as well. And I had that already in my notes, but that is where you get to abide. That's where we get to abide. That's where we should be living from. That's how we should be viewing life from that place, from that position, is where we should be affecting and bringing and releasing the culture of heaven into our atmosphere and where we are. Um, and there's a song. Yes, worship leader, I'm going to read a song to you. So, But there's a song that Jason at Upton comes that says, Whisper. Um, and a lot of times there's a lyric, the, the chorus says, whisper, whisper in my ear, words you never, I never thought I'd hear. And we get all like Disney. Yes, I know everyone's canceling Disney, but we get, we get all Disney and we're all like, oh, fairy princesses, he's going to whisper sweet nothings in my ear. But that is not what this song is talking about. And when we sing this, I think sometimes we get the, we just hear that and we're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you're going to whisper beautiful things about me to me your love for me, you know, that's what we get. But I want to read you this um, song because it kind of goes again to what we're talking about here, about not just abiding and living in a place of supernatural, but living from it, reaching out from that place. And it says, Jesus, when you speak to me, I hope I'm listening to you. I need open ears. need to be in a place where we can hear. Let this heart of my receive what is full of grace and truth. Not the truth we think we know, but full of his truth. There's so much more to what we see. Sometimes I am scared to take it in, and I think that is what holds us back a lot of times, is that fear of like, I'm comfortable where I am. I don't, that seems like a lot. But is that you right in front of me? are you the stranger or the friend? Sometimes we need to have, be able to be listening and hearing and in tune with his voice so that we can see the stranger or the friend. Who is it that I'm supposed to minister today? And so the prayer is, whisper, whisper, whisper in my ear. Tell me words I never thought I'd hear because I didn't realize that I could live from this place of dynamic supernatural power. So I never thought I'd hear these words because I didn't know that I could truly hear your voice, but I can hear your voice. And so come and whisper in my ear. My ear is opening to you. Show me, show me what you see. Illuminate what's right in front of me. So that is where we need to be. We can't, what I see right now, I see Caleb and Natalie and Pastor Russ and all these beautiful people and some people over here too, um, but but that is truly not what's right in front of me. I need Jesus, I need the divine power of Christ to be awakened in me so that he can illuminate what's right in front of me because there's things that I can't see in the natural that need to be illuminated to me so that I can step out and bring that gift of hope and joy and strength to those around me. So illuminate what's right in front of me let it find what you whisper in my ear, let it find room in my heart and let, your, let it like a garden begin to grow. So allowing that to just take root in us. And when my faith is prone to fear, because how many of you been there? God says, go speak to that person. And we're like, oh, maybe. Do I really have trust in God? I don't know. <laughs> so like when our faith is prone to fear, remind me of your love and remind me that you'll never let me go so i'm never alone if i know my identity i know that i'm never alone and i know that he is loving me and that he is ordering all my steps even my steps in ministry i think sometimes i love america i am a proud patriot daddy proud patriot but i think america sometimes is so broken Even though we're a superpower in the world, we're so broken because a lot of times our priorities are so self-focused. And unfortunately, that trickles by leaps and barrels and bounds and, I don't know, overflows into the church a lot. And so a lot of times we read scriptures and, yes, do we need to know that about ourselves? Yes. Are things directed to us? Yes. But sometimes we think everything is about us. Like, everything is about us. So, you know, we need to remember that, like, he never lets us go, but why? Is it just so that we can feel safe and comfy? No, it's so that we know who holds us, so that we can step out beyond that fear and be able to step out in faith, in the supernatural of and knowing who we are. So it says, I will not forget, I will not forget what you have done for me. And that, because I won't forget, then I'm asking you to please whisper, whisper in my ear. Tell me words I thought I'd never hear. Show me what you see and illuminate what's right in front of me. This is what our lifestyle needs to be. As spirit-filled believers, and we know this, we've heard this, but this is what our lifestyle needs to be. it, And it's really what God desires for us. God didn't desire for us to walk around on this earth being plagued by the... Pressures of the earth. He he desires for us to live above that and to live beyond that and to reach down into that and effect change and release the kingdom of heaven. Um so so just yeah, so there. So that there's that for you. All right. Um but you know, it's it kind of blows my mind. Like another, I won't read it, but another revelation, God Gave me once was I was reading about the crucifixion and um, and the um and I don't even remember what it is. I think my, maybe me, I don't remember which gospel it was in, but there was the cross, and then it talked about how they went um, you know to the tomb and how Jesus resurrected and all of that. And I don't know if it was in the gospel, I think it was some one, I think it was one of Paul's writings. I'm sorry, I don't even remember what it was. But it basically was encouraging the church, like, our salvation is beautiful, but there's more. And it was saying, don't, it, it, the gist of the scripture was, don't forget that there's something beyond the cross. There was a supernatural releasing at the resurrection. And that is where we as Christians should camp out, is at that supernatural place. That was an amazing supernatural act of, you know, yes, he healed and all of that. But that is when he opened the door for us to step into the supernatural. And so while the cross is so beautiful and necessary and moves us, it should compel us to want to run to the tomb and to step into the reason why the cross even happened. It wasn't so that we could just sit there and be like, Jesus, you're so great. He's like, Yes, I am great, but I got things for you to do. And I want you to be great. And he said, Even greater. So, you know, so get out there and do it, kids. You know, like he's on the sidelines, like at the ball game, like saying, Come on, Johnny, batter up. All right. So, you know, but we have to go beyond the cross and we have to step into that. But want, that's what he wants for us. That's where he wants us to live. All right. So, what? We did what? You're like, oh, my Lord, if every single one of those, she really is her pastor, her dad's child, because every single one of those are going to be as long as that. We're in for a treat. All right. Um, but what? So what? What is being faithful and committed? Perseverance, real trust, being steadfast, immovable, firmly established, and it's shifting our reality. I'm just going to pull a star next to that one. Because this should all lead into this. All right? So we got what? So now who? All right? This should be an easy one. I'm just saying. Who are these valuable nuggets of truth for? Pastor? Pastor Ray? Anybody with a pastor in front of their name? Who are these for? Everybody. Everybody. Right? That was easy. Woohoo! Give yourself a check. Plus, plus. Every follower of Christ, every follower of Christ are who these nuggets of truth. This is who's being encouraged. You, you are being encouraged to live a life that's faithful and committed. All right, so good. All right, and who are we being faithful and committed to? Yay, you're so good. Give your neighbor a high five. You're so smart. So smart. All right, so look, that was who? Who? Everyone give me a hand. That's done. Done. You. All right. Where? So that leads us to where. So let's go to where. All right. Where? Where should we be seeing the life that is faithful and committed activated? What areas? Oh, give me some specifics. It wasn't that easy. Yes. Home. Yes. Home. In our, whenever we go to a restaurant or Yes. So in the marketplace, if you will. All right. Marketplace, workplace, homes. I'm gonna just stop on homes for a minute. Parents, this is an important one. Because you can't be faithful and committed at church and in front of your Christian friends and then live any old way you choose at home. Okay? So just a word to the wise is sufficient. Okay, parents, home. All right. Home. Where else? Work. Yeah? Okay. All right. I'll help you. Out. I'll help you. Out. Vicki and Amber reminded us that we need to be faithful and committed in the middle of storms when hard situations come, right? We need to be faithful committed there. What about in our relationship with God? We need to be faithful and committed in our relationship to God. I like what Amber said, the deep places of our heart. We need to be faithful and committed in the deep, secret places of our heart. That's the important one. Uh, in our relationships with the church family, right? Faithful and committed there. In pursuit of our spiritual growth, in our sphere of influence, we need to be faithful and committed and have that be demonstrated in our sphere of influence. In the joy of ministry, right? Sometimes, guilty. Uh, Ministry is like, go, do, go, do, go, do, and I forget the joy part. And so for those of you who are really involved in ministry, which should be everybody. Don't forget the joy part. And if we are connected to the source of joy, then we understand our identity, blah, blah, blah. You see how it all goes one to another. Then we won't, then we'll be able to, if we're connected to the source of joy, then we'll have joy. All right? So don't forget to be connected to the source of joy. What about in our conversations? A faithful and committed life should show up in our conversations, in our thought life. Yeah? Our actions. so those are some places. Look, where? Where's done? Yay. All right, food for thought. When, thank you, when, when are we to be faithful and committed? Easy peasy, yes. Vicki's like, I didn't say that one because I got shut down last time. <laughs> but let's go back to our First Corinthians 50, 15, 58 always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best, being continually aware. So yes, always. Where? Okay, Vicki, I'll say everywhere. When? Always. All right, I'm going to skip the W. We're going to go to the how. All right, so let's tackle this how. How do we become faithful or steadfast and committed and movable? So I think everybody is going to give me a Sunday school answer if I ask you to raise your hand and be like, how do we do this, boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen? All right, we all know this. This is one we all know. We hear it over and over again. Pastor teaches about it. He encourages us to do it and with it and encourages us with it. We hear podcasts. We go to conferences and we hear it. We had four beautiful lessons just, we just experienced these past few weeks that have shared with us the importance of how to become faithful, steadfast, and committed. All right. So the big question is, how do we get this lifestyle? Spend time. Spend time getting to know Jesus. Personal time studying the word. Personal time in worship. Personal time in conversation and prayer with him. Personal time in his presence. Um, Corporate worship and corporate prayer. There's a synergy and and a dynamic that cannot be replicated in personal time. But there is an intimacy and a strengthening and so much that happens in personal time that cannot be duplicated or received in corporate. You need both. I need both. We have to do this. And there's a a saying, a, a little quote by Oswald Chambers that says, God's will can be found in any circumstance in life so long as individuals are willing to have a personal relationship with Christ and completely abandon themselves to him. And that is the key. So spending dedicated time intentionally. We've heard that word a lot in our house over the last couple of years. Here, I don't mean my house, but (laughs) our house. Um, But personal, dedicated, intentional time in his presence, in the word, in conversation. So if you're someone sitting here or listening this morning over, you know, the Internet, and that's you and you are doing that and you're already making, spending time with him, dedicated time, a priority in your life, then yes, keep going. Keep doing it. Just encouraging you to continue doing what you're doing. Don't give up dig deeper, go further. Don't just put your tent stake here. Be a continually in prayer asking God, expand my borders, expand my borders. Be willing to pick up that tent stick and take it out a few paces and put it back in. And he says, let's go some more. Okay, Lord, let's do it. Go as deep as God will take you. Be willing to go as deep as God will take you. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't put any boundaries or limitations on him or your relationship with him. You know, so keep doing it. See what God will do through you. Ammon lumber. Where are you? Okay. Sorry, I've been finding it cold, so. But keep doing it. Um if you're a little more like me and you're super busy and you love Jesus with all your heart, but maybe you seem like this is a place you want to be, but this isn't you haven't quite got there in your walk with him yet. Then I'm just gonna be honest with me and you and all of us, it's time to stop making excuses and do it. It's just time um that's the only piece that's left we know what to do so now we need to do it no one is going to come to your home pastor's not going to be knocking at the door no one is going to be coming to your home and making you spend time in the word and making you spend time in worship and making you spend time in prayer it's just you it's just me it's really up to us it's up to us to make that happen. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, no one else is going to do that. You're not going to receive texts. I mean, maybe you'll receive texts from yourself if you set up some sort of schedule or something on your phone. But it, it's, it's time to stop making excuses, and it's time to just do it. I mean, if you're busy like me, you might have fallen into this thought pattern that I held for a season of time. Um, that it's okay to not be consistent in like, set aside dedicated time of prayer because I'm busy, my schedule, I have kids, I've got to go every different direction and it's never in the same direction. And then I work a full-time job and I pretty much have full-time ministry and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and thank God my husband cooks because if I had to add cooking every day to the thing, it'd be like, ugh, my kids commute to school. So, you know, like, whatever it is. One year I had kids... In three different schools, getcha, <laughs> and that was like, oh, um, and so, you know, I kind of thought, well, Lord, I, I came to this thought like, I bring you into every piece of my day. I talk to you from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, in all that I'm doing at work. Thank you, Lord, for letting me get, find the penny when I was reconciling that bank account. Thank you for helping me find the penny. You know, like. All those things. I thanked him for the little things. I thanked him for the big things. But that's the way it should be. We should include him in every part of our life and be talking in conversation with him from the moment we get up to the moment our eyes go to sleep. But that is not, that cannot take place of the dedicated time where we come away with him. It just can't. It's good, and we should all be doing that. We should all be including God in every single part of our day. But it cannot take the place of that coming aside and that coming away. That would be like me never, and my husband says some weeks, Deanna, it's like that. But that would be like me never coming aside with my husband, and we're just like, okay, you get that, and I'll get this, and I love you, and text him, sweetie, I'm thinking about you, and like we're going, we're going, we're moving, we're on the move, and I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about you, and I'm talking to you, I'm calling you on my commute, because I do that sometimes when I'm commuting to Bangor. Hey, sweetie, how's your day? And that's good, but whew, if I don't come away with him at some point, that's not healthy for our relationship in the long term. It might last for like a month or two. Maybe I could even squeeze out a year on that. But my roots are definitely not going to be deep. They're going to be shallow. And so it cannot take the place of dedicated time with him. Why? Because those times are, are times when we learn how to recognize his voice so that we can stay minister to the stranger or the friend. Um, it's when we can be in those busy points of our day, and when he speaks, we know he's speaking. Like, instantly, if we've had those dedicated times. It's where he gives us revelation about his word, about situations in our life. He gives us direction in those times. He gives us revelations about the kingdom, about in those times he, those times bring inner healing. If you are struggling with stuff in your own thought life or in your heart, And there's things that you just need healing from. That's where you need to be, because that's what happens when that comes. My days are so full. You have no idea, Deanna. Yep, I totally do. I totally do. Brian and I could write the book. All right? Uh, We know. We know that. I know that it's it's busy. It's busy, especially if you've got younger kids or kids that are still in the house, and that's That doesn't mean others aren't busy, they don't have kids, because we all have lives, right? But if we're completely honest with ourselves, there's always 15 minutes, at least 15 minutes we can find in the day, right? There's always 15 minutes. Most of us get a lunch break, right? So most of us, and if you don't take one, I think you're probably allowed to take one. You might just be like me, and I just work through my lunch break because I'm insane, and my husband says, Deanna. But I am allotted by my employer a 30-minute lunch break. So split that up with God. Say, God, I'll take 15 to eat my lunch, and I'll give you 15, you know? Uh, that's already put into your schedule for most of us. Um, if it's too busy where you're working, if it's not private enough, change your location. Find a tucked away. I have a little alcove in the back hall of one of my, at uh, the school, that nobody goes in or out of. It's like a little breezeway, but it's in the back of the school. So sometimes I've gone there, but... Go out to your car if all else fails. You can put on some great worship music and blast it as loud as you want. You can have a little tote bag that has your Bible and your notes from different things, and you can God can give you all kinds of downloads to sit in your car worshiping. Him. I've had a lot of revelations in the car. <laughs> um, but truly, that there's, there's ways to do it. Like maybe you're an early bird person. Maybe you have a very good morning routine. You know, you leisurely drink coffee. Not me. You leisurely, like... Go into your day. Not me. Um, you, you know, you, maybe you walk the dog. Not me. Um, I don't have a dog. That's why I don't walk the dog. <laughs> but just get up 15 minutes earlier and have your cup of coffee and then give God give 15 minutes and then go about your day. You know, there's ways that we can work it into our day if we want to. You know, we don't do it sometimes because we're just distracted by what's going on around us, because we're not living from the supernatural, we're living down here in the natural. Um, or maybe it's not a priority for us yet. It should be, but maybe we haven't set it as a priority. Or maybe we're just lazy, lazy, and we just don't want to spend the time to do it, because it takes a little effort, it takes a little bit of self-denial. It's so much easier to be exhausted after a long day, and just watch some TV, play on our phone, text a friend, uh read a book or just go to sleep. It's just that's so much easier. And we as we get back to the whole American culture, American culture likes the easy way out usually, the convenient way. But it does take some effort. So, you know, make it a habit. When I was pregnant with Alec, <laughs> I don't know for you moms who are younger than me, but the prenatal vitamins back in the day like horse pills, they were like horse. I don't know if they're still like that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that technology couldn't shove all those vitamins into a much smaller pill, but it was like this big old bottle of these horrible prenatal vitamins. And he's like, Take them every day. I'm like, I'm not in the habit of taking pills but at that point, I, you know. And so, I was just like, Oh, and I kept forgetting, I kept forgetting. And then I'd go and they'd be like, Have you been taking your prenatal vitamins? Maybe not. Um, Take them. And I'm like, but I can't get in the habit. And they're so awful to take. And they taste bad. And they're huge. I feel like I'm gagging. But I was like, I just, I forget. And he said, do it along, put it alongside something you do already. You know, like whatever you already have as a current established habit, take your prenatal vitamins then. So he's like, put them next to the toothbrush. When you brush your teeth, take your night, take your pills. Whoop, it worked. And I was such a star at taking my pills. And next time I was so happy about that. But I would just like to kind of encourage you, do it along something you already do. Find a way to connect. Put it in your Google phone. We're all techie savvy now. So just make yourself reminders, like I want to remind myself every day, you know, to exercise and do this and do that and pray. All right. So um it boils down to just if we want it or not. So either we want it, either it's important or we're not, or it's not. So, um, so that you're like, oh, Deanna, that's so much work. All of this is so great. And it's wonderful. And how? I'm going to put how. We all know. (laughs) We all know. I'm just going to put just do it. Just do it. Nike has it right. Okay. We all know. We all know. We all know. We just need to do it so we can affect change in this world. So that brings me to the why. Why is it so important to live this faithful and committed life? It sounds like a whole lot. Sounds like a lot of self-denial, a lot of effort on my part. Why do we even bother to put in that hard work? Why do we bother to sacrifice those things? That why is this kind of sold-out life that we've been talking about so important? Because we're still saved if we come here on Sundays, you know, and worship God and live a good life and, you know, believe that Jesus is our Savior and we repent and all of that, we're still going to heaven. We're still saved, right? Right, right. yes, that's a yes. Yes, we're still saved. It's true. So why bother? Why can't I just relax and enjoy my life if I'm young? I got a lot of things I need to do if I'm old. I get to retire. I'm good. We can just relax. Why is this so important? Abby, Erica, Danielle, Arthur, Ben, Nathan, Katrina, Danny, Crystal, John, Josh, Lucas, Logan, Jamie, Buddy, Allison, Susan, Hunter, Chantel, Jeff. The attic living on the street over, the next street over, caught in a cycle that she can't get free from. The teen in my class that's about to commit suicide because her mind is so confused by the voice of the world that she doesn't even know who she is anymore and has lost all hope. Your coworker who is overcome by anxiety and depression and doesn't see a way out. The young lady who has been neglected all of her life and can only find the worth in the bed of yet another man. The father who just lost his job and is struggling through depression of trying to find a way to make ends meet for his family. The business executive who feels unsatisfied and empty even amid all of his earthly success. The housewife next door who feels overlooked and forgotten. The little girl standing next to your child in a school concert who hasn't eaten supper for a week because her parents were too drunk to care or notice. These names in this list could go on and on. And this is why we need to live a faithful and committed life. This is why. They are why. And our hearts should break over that. Our hearts should break break over that and that should cause us to be on our knees in the presence of God and setting ourselves aside in time and saying, God, I want that supernatural life that we've been talking about. I want that faithful and committed life because they need you. And if that doesn't move you, I don't know what will. The The, the church, we live church we live in a broken world. It's so broken These people need us to be real Christ followers, to be real Christ followers, not to be perfect, not to be, you know, never make a mistake, but to be real Christ followers. They need Christians who are willing to do what it takes to be faithful and committed. Christ followers who stop focusing on themselves all the time. If the church has to keep licking its own wounds constantly, we can't be looking out where God wants it. If I'm too busy, like, oh, you're offended. I need to pat your, like, if we're all so internally focused, we can't be externally focused. The world needs a church who's done with being internally focused, who are, have our big girl panties on, to be quite frank, and can get out there and say, you know what? You know, Charlotte didn't talk to me today, or I think she was upset with me. uh." I don't care. She loves me. I love her. Who knows what happened? We'll get it figured out. But when, in the meantime, they're going to hell. And so I love you, but I can't be worried about her offense, and she can't be worried about my offense all the time, all the time. It's different for new converts and people who are babies. But we've got to be focused on the out. We have to. The world needs The world needs it. They need us to start looking upward and outward and stop looking inward. We need to be, they need people who are not afraid of sacrifice, who aren't afraid to step out of their comfort zone. Why do I have you dance sometimes? Because you need to get out of your comfort zone, America. America Church, you need to get out of your comfort zone. We have to. We have to move beyond all that, right? Like we need to grow up. It's time to eat the steak and stop drinking the milk. It's time. It's time for us to stand and take our place who we are because they need us. They need Christ followers who are going to take time, who are going to find time to be in the presence of God and learning his voice. That is what they need. They need us. They need you. They are not, generally speaking, going to find God on their own. That's why he put us here. That's why he gave us that divine power that we were talking about earlier. (coughs) Because we have things to do. They need faithful and committed Christ followers who are anointed by his spirit and have the ability to operate in the domain of the supernatural and know how to release the kingdom of heaven and the culture of heaven and the message of hope into any situation. That's why, that's why we need to be Christ followers who know how to bind up the brokenhearted and release the captives. That's who they need. And in order for to do this, we need to know him. We need to know him. And we have to be sold out. There's just no way about it. We have to be faithful and committed. Faithful and committed, not just in this house. And not just when, like I said earlier, when we're hanging out with our Christian friends. But it has to be a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle. And I'm going to skip that part, babe. I was going to show you a passion. You can put the picture up, maybe if you could just do that. And if above all else you can't figure out why the heck we need to be faithful and committed, this is why. That is why we need to be faithful and committed. If you don't have a burden for the loss, and if any of that I just said, that reason why doesn't move you, then you need to get connected with this again and come back to your first love. Because if you're in love with Jesus and you understand his love for us and what he did for us, your heart will break for what breaks his. It will break for what breaks his, and you will want it to. You will want to know his voice. His love is what should compel us. The love of Jesus is the driving force of everything. He laid it all down for us. And I promise you, this was on my heart before I really, it had nothing to do with Easter coming up. But truly, this is his love. And so it should compel us to be faithful and committed. I go back to that song about Whisper that earlier says, remind me of your love. So when I have fear about stepping out because I'm unsure if I'm going to be received, I need to pray, Jesus, remind me of your love. If you get too distracted in your everyday life and your busyness and you don't make time for him, stop and say, God, remind me of your love. When you lose your determination and your oomph, you get weary and you wonder, if is it all worth it? Is this really all worth it, Lord? Say that prayer, God, remind me of your love. And because he first loved us, we should be willing to do anything that's asked for us. If, it doesn't, if he does nothing else for us, again, for the rest of our lives, and I'm not speaking this because we know God's will and we believe in healing, we believe in deliverance, we believe in all of that. And we want to operate from that realm of the supernatural. But we have to have a determination within us. If we are faithful and committed, if he doesn't do one blessed thing for me one more time, if he opens zero doors, if he meets me never again in in, in the middle of a circumstance, this was enough. This is all he had to do. The rest is a bonus. The rest is what he bestows on us because of his love. Titus 3, 4 through 5. But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind, Kevin and Michael, you guys can come now. But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared in human form as the man Jesus Christ, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. That's why. You know, today obviously is Palm Sunday. And the account of Palm Sunday is the triumphal entry is in all of the Gospels. Um, And we know that whole story. You know, like on the next, the the crowd came, the Feast of Passover was going on, and the city was abuzz. And when Jesus came in, they were laying down their palm branches. They were shouting, Hosanna. And the city, the Bible says, I'm going to read it, was in an uproar and moved with excitement as he entered. and but then only five short days later the crowd was not shouting hosanna but shouting crucify him and i know that not every single person that was shouting hosanna were all shouting crucify him the crowd was split right there were those who loved jesus and stayed faithful and committed to him there were those who didn't really care for him to begin with or were too bored with it they just like eh, what, what's this the next big thing And still others wanted to choose the easy way. When others were shouting, rejoice, they rejoiced. But then when hard times came, when there was a possibility of personal sacrifice and personal persecution, and when it came down to the point that it was going to cost them something, they quickly switched their mind and went the easy way. Like, I'm going to go with the mob. They're all saying crucify him. That's a whole lot easier than staying steadfast, staying committed and faithful. And then they joined in to the cry of crucify him. So I just want to ask as I end today, which one are you? They rejoiced in Jerusalem. But when Jesus stood before Pilate, there was a dynamic shift in the crowd's uh, response to Jesus. So which one are you? the one that's willing to pay the cost for the names that we read for the people that are around us are you willing to do the how so we can answer the why Be willing to go the distance regardless of what faces you I just want to challenge us all today I'm just going to have us come as well after this challenge to be honest and real before the Lord where you are and like I said earlier if you are doing it let your prayer be God I want more and not that we are those heathenistic religions where we never attain we can be fine where we are but I wish we would be more and if we love Christ and we understand his love for us we'll want desire. So my challenge to us today is let's not be like the crowd on Palm Sunday. We come here on Sundays. We worship. We pray for our sick. We believe and have faith. And we truly, we're not insincere in what we're doing. We're sincerely shouting Hosanna on Sundays. But then in the week between Sundays, with our actions, we get preoccupied. We allow our faith to slip. We're faithful and committed most of the time. But not always. We talked about when? Always. in our thought patterns or our actions. And through the week, because of those actions, we join in with that cry of crucify him. Until we come back on Sunday. And then whew, the presence of God is here and it's easy to say, whoo, Hosanna. But when it's hard on my own, it's just easier sometimes to say, crucify him. Not that we want to. That's not our desire. But we align ourselves with that because of our action. So we know the who, the what, the where, the when, the how of being faithful, committed. And today we also know the why. So now it's up to us. It's time for excuses to be over. It's time to let the love of Jesus compel us to take action. We just really need to do it. So I'm just going to ask you to come to the altar today. Just you and him. Yep, just come on, come on. And I, and I just want you to ask the Lord to remind you of his love in your prayer. And I'm, I'm going to move out of the way, so if you want to kneel at the altar, you can. I just want you to have a moment of heart-to-heart with Him. Just a heart-to-heart with Him. Where do you want to be? Where are you? Where, what's your desire? I'm going to move out of the way so you guys can press in. Just press right in. I just want you to close yourself in with Him for a moment or two. What is your heart's desire? Just talk to him right now, come on.